We're speaking with people that are sending a pulse through their industry. Pulse through their industry. If you want to be taken seriously, you have to be consistent. Have to be consistent. You got to keep the big picture that hey, we're changing the world. We're changing. The league presents Electric People. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of Electric People. We are really excited today. We have our first female guest. Why is it taking so long, Kai? I don't know. That's it's my first way. question. It's because we get all nervous. With the guys, you can screw it up, but with the girls, you just can't yeah. afford to screw it up. We've got our first female guest. We've got Mackenzie Watts from Boston North on with us. And I'll give you a quick background about Mackenzie. She is closing in on her or has 330 career installs. Um, and she started with us when she was 21 years old, was the second ever promoted female DM, district manager in the company, and was the youngest DM ever promoted at the company at the time. I'm not sure if that record's been broken yet or not, but um, either way, she was a young, a young buck when she, uh, when she came to us in a leadership role. So, And she has got many other talents, so we're really excited to talk with Mackenzie today and get into what's made her so successful. So what's up, Kenz? What's up, guys? I just want to say thank you so much for having me on the podcast. I appreciate you guys so much as leaders and for, for asking me to be on this. Mackenzie, true or false, you are in a closet trying to hide from the noise of your Boston North team right now. That is true. You know, I, and I <laughs> thought that I bring the noise with the team, but they're, they're doing okay without me. So. Well, that's awesome. Yeah, so Mackenzie and I are both actually at the Boston North office right now. And we're in different rooms to avoid any uh, audio feedback. So Mackenzie's in a closet, and I'm we're so tech savvy right now. We're so we're know, so man. we're so new age. This is a high end production. It's like Joe Rogan's podcast and ours. That's like number That's right. one and number two in yeah. terms of a uh, tech uh, podcast. So anyway, well, cool. So Ken's, um, give us your background. So you started out out of college. You got a degree in sales, and then you started out selling cars. How did you end up in Boston? So um, I was selling cars and my husband was getting really sick of the hours. And he was like, we should try to go and sell solar. And at the time we had just been married for about a year and we had nothing really holding us back. I'm like, I'm, I'm really like close to being promoted in the car business. So I, I don't really want to go. I was actually super against it. Where were you and at the time? I was living in Farmington, Utah, in this small little apartment. from Farmington, Utah. That's funny. What a small world. Did you go to Weber? I went to Weber State for my college degree, yes. Yeah, Weber's one of the only colleges that, that's in that area that has a sales program. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. It's actually top-notch, too. Um, I have nothing but great things to say about it. So you graduate... You graduate Weber, then you're in car sales. Josh, your husband, is trying to convince you to move out so he can sell solar, right? Because you, at the time, didn't really have any interest in it. Yeah, because he, it was just, it was an interest that he had had, and he had sold alarms for about two or three summers um, with his brother and um, other other teams, and so it was something that he wanted to try again. And I was selling cars, you know, but I was like. Like I said, I was close to getting promoted at that time, so I really didn't want to leave. But um, he's like, let me just go out and figure it out, and then, you know, you can see if you like it later on. Nice. So you guys move out. Josh starts selling for us, and you actually didn't start right away. So what were you doing while Josh was selling? Well, Josh, like, wanted to give me a break because I had been um, putting both him and I through through school. Um he was working too. He was um, working for a moving company, but uh, we were both just going to school and he just wanted to give me a break from the car business because anyone who's been in the car business knows how terrible the hours are and the lifestyle mm-hmm. really. So, so he, he just starts, wanted to give me a break. He starts selling and he's actually pretty good at it, right? And then at what point did you decide to make the move over? Um, when I, I decided I wanted to go out with him, um, one night and I just saw, 
um, the actual sale of it. And I saw the value that it brought to not only customers, but the value that it brought to um, the world. You know, I, I literally, I remember feeling that this was going to be the start of a revolution, you know? And I was like, wow, this is, this is way cooler than cars. Mm. It's funny because, so Ty, I remember her husband, Josh comes up to me one day after a meeting and he says, Hey, I think Mackenzie wants to try selling. And I'm like, okay. And he goes, I'm really nervous about it actually because, and I thought he was just going to kind of come with the standard, like, I'm just nervous about, you know, she's a petite, small woman, like being out on the doors and this and that, whatever. And he's like, I'm really nervous about it um, because I know she's going to be better than me. And he's like, I don't know if my ego can handle it. And, uh, <laughs> and I was like, well, you're pretty good. I'm like, you're pretty good, Josh. Like, I don't think you have anything to worry about, man. Like, uh, you're pretty solid. And he goes, no, 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 you don't understand. He's like, she's going to be better than me. I'm already dreading it. And, and he's like, I'm not sure how I'm going to handle this. Man, in my logical brain, in my logical brain, I always think like, hey, man, if my wife could come do 330 installs, anybody in the Williams family that wants to do 330 is welcome. Pour it on mm -hmm. the table. Let's put it all in the middle and see how much we can, we can, we can gather. Um, but yeah, man, I'm sure, I'm sure that can be a bit of a thing. That's funny. Well, you think that, but the, I mean, you know how guys are. Mackenzie came in and just immediately started crushing it. And of course, anytime Mackenzie even would come, like if she'd tie Josh or if she beat Josh, like he would just never hear the end of it. But, um, and to his credit, he was Mackenzie's biggest supporter the whole time. So, and still is. So there, uh, that he does a great job with it, but yeah, she came in right away and just started crushing it. So, what do you think was the secret, Ken's, when you came in? Like, how did you, because there wasn't, I don't even know if we had another female in the office at the time. So do you feel like there is a difference being a woman in a predominantly male dominant uh, workforce? Like what's, what was kind of your feeling when you first got started? Um, well, cause I had, had kind of been through that with, um, with cars cause I was the only female in my, my car dealership as well. And, um, and it was like, that was so hard to go through that and have to make a name for myself in cars. And so I immediately came in, I'm like, okay, these guys, I won't gain their respect and I won't be legit with them unless I can, you know, really beat them. And so like, that was my, my goal, but not only that, the car business is like, you, you work like bell to bell nine to nine, you know? So I, I just came in with the thought where is if I put the same hours into this job, it's going to pay me back way more than what the car business was. So I came into the job wanting to do that. I think that's the, I always call it a hack, right? But that's the, that's kind of the hack of, of anybody, not just male, female is we're, we're simple creatures in, in direct sales. If, if you can come in and put production up, then cool, respect universally given. If you can't, you can survive for a little bit sometimes, but usually uh, long-term, you just, you just can't. Eventually, uh, you know, the, the production is, is what speaks. And I, I knew that. I mean, knew that from, from the dealership. And so, like, I, I knew that that's what I had to do. And I, I made it a goal. And I just put in the hours. And I... I remember when I like finally came up for air from the hours. I'm like, Oh, I'm doing pretty good. I'm actually beating a lot of the guys now. <laughs> and there's nothing more that I, I really do love to beat guys, to be honest. <laughs> it's, it's become really fun for me. Well, is this, tell me what you think about this. Cause I always tell women that I'm recruiting and I want this to come out the right way, but I think women have a superpower at this job. If you're, if you're, Oh my gosh, they're doing that on purpose. <laughs> that that lion's roar is the Boston North team. I'm told in the other room, but I think she just texted him and was like, "Hey, we want them. The Bigs is about to start. We want them to think that something's coming. So please cheer." No, I'm just kidding. Yep. <laughs> um, but what I was saying is, uh, women have a superpower in direct sales. If if they're emotionally mature and can handle just the 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 difficulty on the emotions, the superpower is this. For some reason, you're more credible. For some reason. There's, there's a higher level. You almost start with a higher level of trust 
And man, I think the people that can capitalize on that, I'm such a fan of it. I love when women in direct sales are strong, emotionally mature, can stand shoulder to shoulder with 22 other guys in their office, but also capitalize on the strength. Oh, now it's just getting ridiculous. Now it's just getting ridiculous. <laughs> uh, anyway, so, so talk about that. Do you think that's true? I, I definitely do, but I think that I'd, I don't think that women should clutch on that, you know, because I feel like you have to also know your stuff. Um, because one thing that when you're selling, when you're talking to men, you know, when you're selling men, they expect you to know your stuff like even more. Um, and then when you're talking to women, it's, it's more like they want, you have to build that trust and then, then you have to, you know, come on that level and then, you know, tell them your stuff basically. Yeah. It's probably so. the same thing like Adam versus me. Adam shows up on a doorstep and fills up the whole doorstep. So he's got to take that into account. I am not a physically <laughs> intimidating person. So you just probably just have to roll with your strengths. But I, one of the things, I don't know you as well as Adam does, but one of the things that's always impressed me is just your energy. You have a super infectious, positive energy. Um, are you naturally extroverted like that? I mean, I see you on the, the league trips and you're the one to start the dance party. You're the one to, to encourage other people. You're always bright and smiling. Is that something that comes naturally to you or do you have to work at that? Um, it is. I, I, it is something that comes naturally to me, but my mom said something to me kind of funny the other day. Um, she said that you, you steal the spotlight, but you never mean to. It's just because it's just who you are. Um, and I've, I've never like thought of myself like that, but I definitely think that that's true, you know? <laughs> so. Well, that's great. That's a great compliment. Ken, how do you feel, um, you know, kind of going back to your early days before you got promoted, um, and I was your manager at the time, and, and as you got promoted and started gaining steam, a DM position opened up. When you saw that position opened up, what made you feel, you know, and we had an office that was doing really, really well at the time. I mean, we were doing well over 300 installs a quarter with some really talented guys in there that had been with us for a while. Uh, why in your mind did you feel like that was yours for the taking? Um, because when I had left the car business, that was something that I was going for. So it was something that I wanted to accomplish. I wanted to be a leader, but um, not just for myself, but also just for other people. You know, I want to want to influence other people to let them know that they can do it. Um and so I think that that was a huge drive for me. Leadership was always something that I wanted to do and I wanted to get good at. And so I made it a very clear goal for myself. How do you, to kind of go back to what Ty was talking about earlier, which is being that infectious, fun personality. I see a lot of guys that are known kind of as the fun guy and it makes it hard for them to be well-respected when it comes time to actually like, want to be respected for your sales ability, right? And your leadership skills. So I think, um, you know, and I was a part of that team as you were developing as a leader and kind of growing into that spot, you were known as this fun, bubbly girl. How did you kind of make that transition into, you know, I needed, I need to be more than just the fun, bubbly girl. Well, I, I started to take leadership just a little bit more seriously because I, I, I kind of learned that in my first year that that was something that I was going to have to struggle. And it was not something that I knew that was going to be a struggle for me at first. It was something that I kind of like learned, you know, as I was managing, you know? And so, um, I, I decided that I needed to take a different approach. I needed to, you know, really take the lead, lead from the front mentality to heart. Um, but I also needed to, you know, dig deeper with these guys and um, help them in a way that, you know, that I could add value to them. Did you ever feel like being a woman in a young, you know, woman in your early 20s was a disadvantage? Oh, for sure. Um, and um, it was it's it was really hard to get past, to be honest. Um, there was some definitely dark days. Um but now that I look back and how far I've come, I can definitely like, you know, see the lessons that I've learned and see how to approach it and to understand that it's not me. Um, it has a lot more to do with 
with, you know, people in their pride. Um, and so I've, I've had to try to push past that and not let it hold me down. When, when you say dark days, Mackenzie, do you saying that, that, uh, people resisted your leadership? Are you saying that you doubted yourself? The, the reason I ask is kind of the purpose of this podcast is to climb inside your mind. Like you've had so much success and so much to be proud of. And I think something that direct sellers often do is they think their situation is unique. They think they're the only ones that deal with these struggles. They think they're the only ones that maybe have felt like, oh man, I got a pretty tall ladder to climb. So maybe if, if you wouldn't mind, what things specifically did you overcome and what advice do you have for people that might be going through the same thing? Um, well, I would say the first thing that I, I overcame um, was when I first got promoted, a lot of the guys around me um, quickly left to a different company. And um, You're kidding me. It, was it because of that? It was because of that. Haters, well, man. we They're actually had note now. They're taking note now. Just so you know, we actually um, it was kind of crazy. We had um, there was a couple guys that actually had vocalized to me that they'd kind of heard through the grapevine that Mackenzie was in the in the pole position to get promoted. And um, one guy in particular basically told me if we promoted Mackenzie that he was going to leave. Um, and it not not just because she was a woman, but he. He's like, he actually said to me, I'm not going to have a 23 year old girl tell me how to do my, how to do my job and run my life. And, um, which was something right when he said that to me, it actually cemented me wanted to promote her because yeah. I'm like, I'm not, I'm not having that kind of attitude in my office, regardless if she's promoted or not, that's a cancerous attitude. And the reality is that she just beat everybody. And when I had the convo, the conversation with her, before we promoted her like a quarter before I said, Hey, not only do you need to beat everybody, you need to crush everybody. And she smoked everybody on that team. I think she had, you know, 30 something installs that quarter um, and just smoked everybody. I mean, it was like, she made the decision for me. So it's pretty cool. So you see these guys leave Mackenzie and what, what goes through your head? Well, I was like hurt by it, obviously, you know, but it just, I was just, I felt alone to be honest. Um, yeah. I felt like, um, I couldn't gain the respect of the guys that were standing next to me that were still there, you know, cause I was constantly wondering like how many more of these guys actually think that, you know? Yeah. You get in your head it's, and wonder like, am I going exactly. to do this? Yeah. Um, but one thing that like, just like, I just kept reminding myself, I'm like, I might not have all of their life experiences. That's true. But what I do have is I do have sales experience. I do have a degree in sales. Like I can do this job great. Like I'm really good at what I do. So I can help them with that, you know, and I will try to lead with that. That's well, all the crazy really thing do. is, yeah, the crazy thing is too. I mean, it's, you're playing, I always applaud people playing on a big scale because it's not like you're, you know, starting in leadership on some team that's kind of starting and we're seeing if it's, I mean, it's Boston North. It's the staple team, right? It's you rose to the top in a, in a, in a situation where, man, you stood out amongst thousands of people, right? So crazy that I think often we, we lean to maybe our insecurities of like, oh man, is everyone going to feel like this? Is everyone going to fall out? But when you stand, I hope you take like a big uh, breath of pride looking at that and being like, wow, like, should give you a lot of confidence of like, man, we're, you're doing it, you know? I do. And I, I wish I could say that it like stopped there, but I think that the even harder dark days and struggles that I went through was actually when I opened up the New Hampshire office. Um, Adam had asked me to open up a new office in a new market in a new state. And I was like, Oh my gosh, really? <laughs> like what? Um, and I was super nervous, but the, the thing that I've always wanted to do is be an entrepreneur. And I was like, this is like, this is exactly that, you know? And I just, I wanted it for the experience. Um, but when I would interview, the, the next thing was like interviewing guys, like, and I could just see on their face, um, the lack of like, um, credibility, you know? Um, and so that was really hard to get 
guys on my team and to want to sell with me and build this, this team and build this renewable energy revolution in the state of New Hampshire. Yeah. So we, we decided to open up New Hampshire. I can't remember what year it was. And Mackenzie's been with us. What year did you start with us, Kenz? Uh, so I've been with Vivint Solar for five years now. So that would have been 2014 that I started. So Mackenzie had been promoted as a manager for about a year. We decided to open up New Hampshire, which borders the Boston North market. And we got a sales space up there and I asked her and then um, we promoted Don Gomez, who has been on the podcast before. And it was Don's first time being a manager as well. So Ken's had been a manager for about a year. And then it was Don's first time being a manager. And we sent him to a brand new market that had a million hurdles that we had to deal with. And that was really like where I saw Mackenzie and Don grow into these incredible just people that are determined to overcome anything. And um, so what were the biggest challenges, Ken's? Cause we have a lot of people listening right now that are in new markets or that have opened new markets. So what do you feel like were the biggest challenges uh, open up a new market? Um, well, well, first of all, I just, I want to thank you for like having the foresight to put Don and I together because I think that there was no better person to put me with, you know, um, and I loved learning alongside and growing alongside with him. Um, but I would say the hardest thing was to understand like the, the people of New Hampshire are so different than the people of Mass. Um, and to learn to, to sell to them and um, what their objections were because they were different. Um, and also, you know, what were their hot buttons? You know, what was going to stick? Um, so those were like all the sales hurdles that we, we kind of went over. We, I got rejected more that year than I ever have in my entire life. Um, so that was, that was super hard. Which is well, crazy then, to me because most, most door to door people, they'll, they'll, they'll receive more rejection in a week than most people will ever put themselves in a position to receive in their lifetime. Right. So when you look at your story up until now, it's okay. Sales, cars, solar, leadership, new market. You're just a, a glutton for this stuff, right? You just like line <laughs> up for the rejection. <laughs> well, what's, um, I was going to say, uh, shoot, now I'm losing my train of thought, Ty. You interrupted I'm me. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm actually interested, um, Mackenzie, and what do you think some of the, some of the most difficult parts of leadership are? Like if you were to summarize, like the things that you struggle with the most, what are the things that are hardest for you with relation to, to leadership? I would say getting people to do what you want them to do for their own reasons. Mm -hmm. um, and pulling out their own reasons and inspiring them to work for it, you know, for that. And rather than for me, but for, for them, you know. Is, is that and a common mistake you growth. see most leaders do? Um. I mean, I don't, I don't feel like I should be a judge of that, but um, I just, I feel like that that's something that I have found that I've made a mistake on and that I continually try to do better at. It's so hard to get people to move with their own purpose. I always, I, I've said the same thing over and over again. One of the most frustrating things for me is when I want something for someone more than they want it for themselves. Just want to shake them sometimes and be like, man, you could literally change, you know, I, I could, think of my, go ahead. I can just totally sympathize with you with that. Like mm -hmm. it's, it's the most, it's the hardest thing about leadership, I would say for sure. Well, the hard part is you, you have the formula, right? You already, you already have the recipe and you're like, no, no, no. I'm trying to give you the recipe to bake cookies here. And you are trying to reinvent the way to bake cookies. So, and by the way, I remembered what I was going to say. Um, Josh. So at some point, Mackenzie's husband, Josh decides to go back and get his, um, was it his master's or his, uh, his, um, his back. Okay. And, uh, engineering. And so he makes the decision to go back to school and, uh, be one of it was Mackenzie was crushing it. And so they're like, okay, Ken's is killing it. I'm going to go back to school. I'm going to get my engineering degree and then get a job, which he now has and works for Raytheon, which is like one of the hugest, largest firms in the country. And he's killing What's up, it. Power couple. 
Jeez. I know. So, but Ken's was a sugar mama for a while there. <laughs> and, and then on top of it, we put her in New Hampshire and she was struggling. I mean, and Josh made that decision to go back to school before we made the decision to send her to New Hampshire. So they were banking on being able to, being able to, you know, continue with her current income. And then her income got cut probably in half for over a year while she's working in New Hampshire. So what was that like, Ken's? Cause I know a lot of couples, you know, a lot of our reps listen to this as well and they're the sole income provider and just dealing with feeling that pressure of being the sole provider for your family. And on top of that, you guys have just bought a house. So. Mm-hmm. It was a lot at once. And honestly, I, I am still amazed like how much we push through, you know? Um, but it was so cool to see my husband chase something that he was passionate for. And that was a huge why for me, to be honest. Um, because I have known that I love sales since I was 18 years old. And I think that that's super unique. It doesn't happen often. And so to be able to give that to, you know, my husband was, was a huge why and a huge, you know, push for me. Kenzie, I have a question for you. Are you, um, who, who do you look up to as, as a mentor and where do you, where do you develop your leadership? Not just within the company, but what kind of content are you? A, are you a reader? Are you a podcast listener? Are you a seminar person? What, what do you do to, to tune your leadership? I definitely love ebooks and um, like, and podcasts, both of those. But I do have, you know, one thing I've always thought that was super important is to thank your teachers. Um, so I've definitely just had a lot of mentors that have saw something in me that I couldn't see myself. And um, they've definitely got those me people? to the point. Well, I would say first, uh, the guy who got me into sales, which was Dan Roberts, um, he, he, I was painting windows for his dealership and he's like, you have a great personality. He's like, you need to try sales. He's like, just try it. And I remember coming home and telling my mom and dad and my dad's like, yep, she's doing it. My mom's like, nope, she's not. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, so I would just, I would definitely say people um close to me like motivate me more so I mean I definitely get a ton from podcasts and books but um I really like to look up to the people around me that see that in me you know and get me to push past it and I can definitely say that there's so many leaders especially Adam um that have have done that for me you know in solar as well yeah I think that's important to uh we're 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 with such a high level group now where you really can look left and right and often learn more from the people that are in the trench with you than the people that are writing the books and things like that. You know? Yeah. Don some- Gomez. Oh my gosh. I've learned so much from, from him too. So, what's, and he was definitely the main, in the trenches with me. What's the main, what's the main life lesson from Mr. Gomez? If you had one lesson you could claim from him. I would definitely say, you know, being able to, um, you know, take all of your, all of the things that you want to change about yourself and just replacing them with um, something positive, like literally made him do a 180. And it was so cool to see, you know, just that simple plug in um, turned him completely around, you know. Can't imagine the two of you together, just pure fire. Is it pure fire all the time? It is. (laughs) Well, Don, you know, Don is uh, Latin American. So he wears his emotions on his sleeve. He's very fiery. And Ken's is also very fiery. So when those two uh, were working in New Hampshire, and they had an issue that they both decided together was an issue. And then I, they'd, they'd, they'd call me together, I would be like, Oh, boy, here we go. That, that um, deep, calming voice of yours was no match. Ken's, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I want to shift gears a little bit and actually talk sales with you. So, um, you know, you've got 330 installs. You've been one of the most successful people out here in Massachusetts since you've started out here. And probably one of the most consistent performers we've had since you've started. So what, 
what are some key things if you're giving advice to, you know, people that are just starting with us or even just people that are maybe just not consistent, what are some key things and systems that you have personally that you're able to maintain that? I would say the first um, is definitely work ethic. I have a very strong work, work ethic. Um, so working the hours carries me to consistency. And what are the hours you work? Uh, two to eight every day. Um, and then Saturdays, I, I go all day. Till when? I would say, I mean, I, I clocked out at 8.30 the other, uh, two, Saturdays, two Saturdays ago. So I would yeah. say I try to push it as late as possible. And then what about when you're selling? Do you feel like you've gotten better selling over the years? Yeah, it's funny because see, like listening to the guys who have been in, um, you know, alarms and then switch to solar and hearing them say like, I just clutch on my talent and I, you know, just go out and create new business rather than harvesting it from, you know, my own. I actually, I, I've kind of made that, that switch now and it's bad, you know, it's, it's, it's a bad mistake to make. Um, because my first year I was 50% referrals, but now I've gotten so much better on the doors that I, I kind of clutch to that where I just go out and create new business and, I need to be better about that for sure. You know, I often feel the same way, to be honest. Um, somebody asked me the other day that I was interviewing, like, what do you do for leads and stuff? We get that sometimes from people outside of the industry. And I, I think it's something we can celebrate too. I know Dave's a lot that way. As you get better at selling, you can, you know, you can chase, obviously you should have referrals coming in from your own accounts, but when you become dependent on them, I often look at it like this. If I'm, if I'm in a neighborhood five minutes from my house and there's, 30 doors. I'll look at that. I'm like, okay, there's six installs in those. I'd rather go get them there than drive all over city to city, trying to see if somehow somebody will allow me to progress them without doing the thing of knocking the door. I always tell people, I'm like, yeah, you can do the, the lead generation thing. You can do the referral thing, but I'm so much faster just on doors. I, I, all, mm -hmm. you just need three or four people to talk to and one of them you're going to get, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. How much funner is it to sell a fresh door? You get out of there and you're just adrenaline is going. Yeah. You, you know? carry it right into the next one. Exactly. So I, I, I can say I've gotten addicted to that for sure. What are some bad habits that you feel like you've had that you've had to kind of shake yourself and say, I got to get out of this bad habit and course correct here. Um, and then Adam's going to share his. <laughs> 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 well, I think I just shared it, you know, I just feel like I, I clutch, you know, more, more to, you know, my talent and rather than like, you know, harvesting my current clients and, and using my talent, you know, mm. what do you um, think that mix is, Adam? I need to, what do you think the right mix is, Mr. Mr. Referrals? Adam wrote a book on referrals. It's excellent. But what do you think the right mix is? Cause it's not a hundred to zero, right? Yeah. I think that it should be, you should have your goal that you're going to achieve every week, regardless of what the mix is. So if your goal is to close six deals a week, say your goal is six welcome calls a week, then if you've got four referral appointments lined up, fine, go close the four referral appointments, but you better go close two more deals that week. If you don't have any referrals lined up, well, then you got to go out and get six fresh deals and close all six of them. You know what I mean? So... I think, I think if your mindset is just, I'm hitting my number either way, regardless of what the mix is, I think that's kind of step one. And then I think the higher law or the higher level is I'm going to close X amount of door knock welcome calls every single week and referrals are gravy. And that takes, I think, a much higher level of discipline because even if you have, say, five referrals lined up for the week, but if you're saying, Hey, I have to close five new welcome calls every single week, no matter what. Well, now you're going to get 10 welcome calls in the week and five of them will have been referrals. Right. So I think that's the higher level of discipline. Yeah. And I think subscribing to that does a lot for your mentality. I'll often tell new reps that there's 13 weeks in a quarter, expect three of those weeks to be really hard. So maybe those are the ones where you had the referrals lined up. They didn't go through, but think about it for a job with the potential to earn what, what, our our reps can earn 
to say, hey, out of 13 weeks, three of them are going to really challenge you. Those are the ones, Mackenzie, that make you so frustrated or apprehensive or nervous or insecure or whatever. But as a trade-off for the – I mean, it's not like it's not like you're in the NFL and say, hey, you have a – you know, three out of ten months, you're going to be hurt bad. You know what I mean? Like, I'd mm. sign up for that any day, you know? You can expect a little bit of difficulty in a job that pays what this one does, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, Mackenzie, I have a question for you. Are you a are you a routine person? Definitely, I'm an early riser. I wake up at four forty five every day. Um, seriously, four forty five. What time? Four forty five. Uh, ten o'clock. Okay. I'm, I'm like old, I guess. I I just you know, and I I love the mornings. I like to beat the sunrise. You know, that's that's my favorite, and especially living out here in New England. Um. I love to run with my dogs and I love to beat the sunrise and go run with them even in the cold. So the, the coldest I've done is 18 degrees now. Oh my gosh. What kind of dogs do you awesome. have? I picture Two like husbies. these like, yeah, I was going to say, I picture Siberian Malamutes. Is that what you have? <laughs> Pretty close. Yeah. <laughs> wow, man. They're 18 not- degrees is an emergency. They're not just any Huskies though. Mackenzie and her husband like researched online and found like, this some exclusive breeder right i mean what's the story kens i mean they're they're not we actually we didn't we just we've always loved um huskies you know we wanted them and and i wanted a dog that would get me out of bed and nova does that every morning she's like let's go run do you know who do you know who ken block is mackenzie i don't he's the founder of dc shoes he made all those viral jim connor like race youtube videos but he lives in park city and he does the same thing. He has these two like white Huskies and he'll get up in the morning and he'll strap a snowboard to his back and he'll like run up the mountain with these dogs. And then they'll chase him as he snowboards down the hill. If you're a cold weather I person, have it seems that. amazing. Yeah. And I'm an avid snowboarder too. So that sounds like right up my alley. Gotta teach <laughs> well, the dogs to do that. And she doesn't just have dogs. She's had, do you still have your snake? Do you have the snake? So she's on her. She's a, she, she is on her second snake, by the way, Ty. What kind of snake are we talking? Are you like taming cobras after your Siberian husky run? <laughs> um, your morning just, routine is crazy. <laughs> she's a ball python. Okay. And so, it's so a, you, when I said, hold on, you got to hear this story, Ty, because she had a python that she had like a year ago. And um, she came to the office one day and I was like, yeah, how's the Python doing? She's like, Oh, it, it, uh, we don't have it anymore. And I'm like, what do you mean? You don't have it. Like what <laughs> happened? And she came home one day and the Python was out of its, uh, cage, right? Nope. Mm-hmm. Nope. Nope. Not doing it. <laughs> nope. Like you don't like, you're going to go to bed, not knowing if something with a Python. There's a Python nope. in her house just roaming around. Your house is totaled. You have to, you have to <laughs> trade it in, man. It's done. Yep. Where was it? I believe in conquering your fears, you know, so I have a snake. <laughs> Snakes have never been my fear, but, um, you know, I just, I've always been super interested in them, you know. So, so it wasn't quite aggressive enough, so you let it loose and then, like, go to sleep and see what happens. <laughs> no, but we, we found it in a, in a closet, so, but it. It was a cold spell um, here in New England, and it did not survive. So mm, brutal. Um, so your routine: you get up, you get up, you run early with your dogs, and what? And um, you know, I'm, I have breakfast, but my other part of the routine is getting out in my area. I definitely feel like antsy, you know, if I'm not out by at least two, mm-hmm. um, and it really sets me off if I if I'm not back you know the, the best sellers early. do that yeah all the best sellers do that i always say there's nothing that calms me down more than time and nothing that gives me more anxiety than not having enough and mm-hmm. i i don't know if you'd agree with this but the pit that people experience with knocking i think a lot of that is compounded by a time restraint they're mm-hmm. like you know they have such a oh i got so much anxiety oh this job is killing me but they get out at 3:45 and they get off at 6:45 it's just not enough time. Like you can expect during that whole time to have that pit in your stomach. But if you get to your hood at one forty-five and you, you got a, like a close at seven forty-five, and you know, I'm here, man, I got all the time in the world. I'm just going to roll out and do my thing. The, the, I feel like the customer experience is completely different just because of what the individual is manifesting. 
Mm-hmm. Well, and door to door is also such a practice game, right? So you have to get out there early so you can get your practice runs and then you're like primed for the doors. And, and I totally feel that, you know, and that's why I feel behind if I'm not out there by, by two, you know, what are your, what are your long-term goals? What do you, what do you see after, or what do you see in the next couple of years for yourself? Are you a clear um, goal person? Are you like, do you have a number written down that you're managing to, or are you more of a, I try to manage to my potential and I know what that feels like type of a person. Well, honestly, um, with Vivint Solar, I've been able to accomplish like pretty much all my goals, you know, but the next big goal is being a mom, right? Um, and it's funny because Adam keeps trying to help me push that off, you know, for, well, for every year. So I got to defend yourself, my, Adam. Listen, defend yourself. My, here's my confession. So every time I hear Mackenzie start talking about the idea of, you know, having a baby, I call Josh and I say, Hey, we at least buy her another animal. So, um, so she actually has two dogs, a Python and a cat right now. So, um, we've managed to acquire four animals at this point and, uh, I'm trying to talk Josh into buying her a bird next. So I'm, I'm predicting the early demise of your cat. If you have a, a propensity for letting your snakes get loose. <laughs> your snakes get loose in your house. The cat's the first to go. The huskies are well trained. Well, degree runs. She will be. I mean, this is kind of a vivid solar first. I mean, she'll be the first female DM to you know eventually have a baby, and um, you know that's one we're all going to have to navigate together. So, and I have a feeling Mackenzie's going to be out selling like eight and a half months pregnant still. Can you imagine, hey, we have to make that first. It's got to be the gnarliest baby shower in history. The dude's got to put it on, right? Oh, and it's yes. got to be, it's just got to be off the chain, mm-hmm. like baby shower. How would, well, how, would, guys, how, would, how would your squad do it? You know what I mean? Well, they would definitely put a music and a dance floor and I'd be bumping <laughs> it with my baby bump. That's for sure. <laughs> but one thing I wanted to kind of finish on the goal though, because you would, you were like asking me, you know, that that was my big main goal. And I actually was wanting to start trying like at least <laughs> nine months ago. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, but a lot of things have happened with this job that is just kind of like, like, I got to take advantage of this now, you know? Um, and that's like the hardest sacrifice ever for myself because there's nothing I want more than being a mom. But, like, I can see myself being able to set my whole family up, you know, with the opportunity that we have. And that's amazing. That's absolutely incredible. I mm. think uh, I, have a, I have a, like, a, an insight that I think you're going to do pretty well at this mom job. But the, even from when you're talking about painting windows to selling cars to taking the risk, um, you know, I have great parents and I learned work ethic from both of them. But it's mainly from my mom that I learned that. Like, my mom, I've said it before, she can... She can work anybody under the table physically. And I think that's such a great thing to have that background of. Cause think of the, think of the things that your children will be encouraged to try because you've conquered so many, so many fears and you've developed so far and think of the work ethic. I mean, that's, that's literally something that's going to continue to bless like generations for, for your being able to develop that. So well, don't screw pa- it up, Mackenzie. Don't screw it up. <laughs> Definitely. There's- plan to. I think Mackenzie's probably been someone that I've personally worked with that I've seen grow uh, more than anyone else. And when I think about her path, she's had a lot of hard things that she's had to work through. And there's so much power in accomplishing hard things, right? And especially if you do it with other people, I think that's part of the reason why she and Don Gomez are so close. They, they had a really hard thing that they accomplished together and yeah. did together. And um, the group she's in right now in Boston North, this office was not even close to what it is today, 18 months ago. And they've had to make a lot of changes and a lot of sacrifices to get it to what it is today. And so she and John Stanisek and Jordan LaPlace and Don are very close together because they've accomplished some really hard things together. So um, maybe talk about that for a minute, Kenzie, this sort of propensity you have for accomplishing hard things and what's the confidence that you get from that as you do it? Uh, well, I, I, 
I gain a lot of um, confidence from even being able to do this job. Um, because when you think about it, I think it's like less than 1% of the population can actually do it. And so that's super cool to be able to be a, a woman, you know, and also, you know, be one of that in that 1% that can actually do this job. Um, and I kind of want to just keep adding feathers to that, you know, because I think if I can go through these hard things and I can help other people go through these hard things and inspire them to, you know, take risks and go for that thing that makes you uncomfortable, you know, because that's the only way we grow. Well, and you've done it without losing your identity as well, right? Because I think if you come to a Boston North meeting, Mackenzie is still the one that gets in front of the team and makes everybody laugh. She does, um, Ty, she does this thing. We should get a video of it at some point. But she does this thing when she gives recognition that sort of um, crescendos. So each level of recognition, she does a different cheerleading jump. I think she was a cheerleader in high school, right? So she no, does, I was a wannabe cheerleader. <laughs> uh, you were a wannabe cheerleader. So she does like this different thing. And literally the office like goes crazy for it. I mean, like she does like a jump, like kick and like all these different things. And the office goes crazy for it. But yet um, when you talk to anyone in the office, there's almost this like reverence for Mackenzie because of what she's accomplished now. So it's pretty cool. Hey, Mackenzie, you got to make sure as you're crescendoing up that you don't become a fail video. There's entire Instagram accounts due to people trying <laughs> things that are just beyond their, their level. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, yeah, no. anyone, anyone that knows me knows that I have a, a plethora of embarrassing moments and I just don't think I can get any more embarrassing. <laughs> oh yeah. See, Kenzie, ha Kenzie has no shame. That's part of her charm. <laughs> Hey, there's real power in that, man. One of the things that I always do, I for so, I don't know where it started, but I send my brother Jordan uh, Instagram backflip attempts, you know, where people are like, they're going to try it. And clearly the idea just came to him and they fall on their neck. I don't even know if he likes it, but in my head, I'm like, oh, dude, Jordan loves backflip attempts. So I'm imploring you, please do not become a failed backflip attempt <laughs> because I will spread it relentlessly. I could say I already have done that, but thank goodness no one had a camera. <laughs> that you know of. Maybe somebody filmed no one had a camera. Away. Oh, Before. that's amazing. How do you, how do, you do that? How do you get to a point where you can laugh at yourself and, and take those failures? Because, again, I think part of the – when you conquer the fear of somebody thinking you're stupid or somebody thinking that you shouldn't have tried something, how do you, how, when you get past that, on the other side of that, that's where all the opportunity is, right? Mm-hmm. Well, I would say that the best way to get past that is to be able to laugh at yourself, you know, because that's the best, like, fake it till you make it, you know, because mm -hmm. <laughs> there's definitely been times I've been embarrassed, but if I'm laughing, they're laughing, like, we're getting through it, right? <laughs> Do you remember, Adam, when we talked to Jesse Itzler, he, he talked about this, but he said, uh, you know, you have to apply um, passion to the process, right? And he said, a lot of the, like, the best memories that he has weren't closing these massive deals you know he sold a jet company to warren buffett or whatever but it's bombing and then like being in the car with your buddy after and being like oh my gosh that was so bad you know what i mean mm. or you know even this thing you have with like don or whatever being able to come out and be like well that didn't work you know what i mean i feel like that's a lot of the times where the the energy comes from you know yeah definitely it gives you confidence so that should make you want to do things that are uncomfortable even more I think I'm sorry go ahead I was just gonna say Kent you've known we're gonna have you on the podcast for a couple of days is there anything that has sort of been on your mind that you wanted to share with the people that listen that you think could be helpful or that you've thought um, about it yeah I would just say the well I mean we have a really big goal in our office right now to um, hire 10 women and get them above a certain income level that um, not a lot of women get to. Um, and so I would say that, you know, I want more women beside me, you know? Um, so any women out there who have like thought about taking the chance, you know, and doing this job, give it six months, put your hardest work into it and go for it, you know, um, because you can do it. And then obviously I have no hate for my men. I, I love the guys that I work with. And so, you know, I would say, say to them, don't, 
squander this opportunity. I love that. I'm seeing more and more too. Uh, you know, one of the benefits of my job is I get to see all the teams and I'm, I'm really proud of our workforce and that it is more diverse by far than it used to be. It, it encompasses people from all walks of life, tons of customers, like tons of former customers just kind of like felt the energy and joined up. But women, man, there are, it, it's become a staple that on every team, there are at least one, but usually multiple women. And the crazy thing is, it's not even about factually, they're as good or better, right? Like, I think I'm really proud of our sales force for diversifying and opening up to the strengths of different people. Because I, I think that's starting to happen, don't you? Mm-hmm. Definitely. And I love it. And I just encourage, you know, anyone who's even thinking about it to just do it. Do they just reach out it. to you? Do you have a lot of people reach out to you for advice that have, that have seen you like climb up to be a DM and climb up to be a leader? Yeah. Um, I definitely, you know, I feel like I've earned that, that respect to be someone that people can confide in. And I'm also a very open person, you know, so I'm definitely, um, someone to share, you know, and be vulnerable. And I think that that's a huge, huge thing to be able to relate to. Yeah, I know I've sent a couple your way that it's been helpful where people have said, hey, do women do well at this? And I'm like, you do clearly don't want my opinion. I'm like, let me just connect you with Mackenzie. So I'd, I'll just send her around and be like, just talk to her. Like, better to talk to her than me, you know? Ken's, it's been awesome. I've, uh, I've really enjoyed having you on today. And I think that the people listening are going to take a lot from this, especially the ladies out there that are listening. And um, just really appreciate you having you be a part of Event Solar. I think you add a unique... Uh, a unique energy and um, you're just killing it. So it's been really fun working really closely with you. And uh, thanks for being on this episode of Electric People. Thanks. Katie. I appreciate it guys. Thank you. Thanks for hanging out with us today. This is Electric People. Take these principles and go be electric.